Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. In Parshas Ve'eschanon, we have a repetition of the Yeseres Adibrais. Yeseres Adibrais are, of course, we first find them in Parshas Yisroi, and here in Parshas Ve'eschanon, Vaishur Rabbeinu retells the story to the generation that is about to enter Eretz Yisrael, and he tells the story about uh, approaching Har Sinai, and he repeats the Aseris Adibrais. Parenthetically, uh, the Aseris Adibrais are often referred to as the Ten Commandments, which is somewhat inaccurate, because those who count mitzvahs, such as the Rambam and others, uh, when they count up the 613 mitzvahs that are in the Torah, there are more than 10 of them which are included in the Psukim of Aseris Adibrais. Uh, perhaps a better translation would be the Decalogue. The de- Decalogue Deca in Greek means 10, log or logos means words or things. So decalogue, the 10 things, the 10, the 10 items. In any case, there are some small differences in the wording of the Aseris Adibris between Parshas Yisroi and Parshas Ve'eschanan. Rashi in a Pasuk here in Parshas Ve'eschanan uh, actually, on the first of the Dibrais, Anachi Hashem Elokecha, I am Hashem your God. So Rashi puts in a small comment, Aseres Adibrais Kfar Pirashtim. The Aseres Adibrais, I already explained them. So he seems to be uh, excusing himself from explaining them again. And in fact, there is a little, little Rashi comment on the other Dibrais. One or two spots where there's something new. So uh, Rashi comments, but for the most part, Rashi is quite quiet about the Aseris Adibrais as they appear in Ve'eschanan, because he says, I already explained them in Parshas Yisroi. We do find one Pasek. We do find one Pasek where Rashi repeats exactly or seemingly exactly what he said in Parshas Yisroi. And this is uh, what I would like to discuss this evening in this class. Let's take a look. On this side of the page is the Aseris Adibris as they appear in this week's Parsha in Ve'eschanan. And it says in Pasuk Tezayin, Lo'i tirzach, you shall not murder. But lo'i tinaf, we will translate for the moment as you shall not commit adultery. That will be open for discussion soon. And you shall not steal. Uh, Rashi and Parshish Yusra said it really means primarily you shall not kidnap another person. And you shall not answer against your friend a, a, a empty piece of testimony, a false piece of testimony. Now, Rashi says here on Loitinov, Ein Lushainiof Elabeishis Ish. The expression niof, the word winof, lotinaf, only means with an ashish, only means with a married woman, meaning 
if a person will uh, have relations with a non-married woman, that's not called lotinath. If a person will have uh, relations with his own sister, which is certainly usher, it's uh, it's chayiv chorus, but uh, that's not called lotinath. Rashi is saying, ein l'shoin niuf, elo l'shoin, ela be'eshes ish. It's only called niuf when it is done with an eshes ish, with a married woman. Now, this is puzzling because if we'll go back to Parshish Yisroi, Rashi said the same thing already. Here it says, Lo tirzach, you shall not murder. Lo tinof, you, uh, you, lo tinof, you shall not, pardon me, you shall not, shall not commit adultery. Lo tignoiv, you shall not steal. Lo shaker, you shall not answer against your friend a false testimony. Says Rashi, Lo tinof, a neof ish. Neof, the word neof only refers to an ish, to a married woman. It's a sin that a person does with a married woman. And here he explains a little bit more. Shinemar, as it says, Mos yumas If you take a look at that Pusik, it actually says in the beginning of the Pusik, it says, um, let's take a quick look. The ish a man who will uh, commits immorality with an aishas ish, with a married woman, that he will commit adultery with the wife of his friend, so they shall be put to death, the adulterer and the adulteress. So it's clear from that posseg that noef and noefes, niuf, refers to what one does with a married woman. And and it says another posseg in Yecheskel, the woman who is in the place of her husband. In other words, a woman who is married, she has a husband, but she is uh, engaging in uh, extracurricular activities with some other man. So we see from these two psukim that tinof means ashes ish. Now, this raises a question. If Rashi already explained it here in Parshas Yisroi, by the first set of Dibrais. So what, and he, Rashi told us here in Parshas Veschanan that he's not going to explain the Dibris Achreinus again. He's not going to re-explain what he already explained. So then why does he explain this a second time? Why does he essentially repeat his comment that that the word Neof only refers to what one does with an Eishas Ish? Almost this question is raised by the Gurarye, the, the super commentary on Rashi by the great Maralmi Prague. The Maralmi Prague apparently did not have this Rashi in Parshas Yisroi. If you look at his words carefully, he he doesn't he doesn't seem to have had it. He had a blank over here. In his uh, text of Rashi, there was nothing here. But he still raises a question because. If Rashi wants to clarify for us, what does the word tin of mean? He felt that maybe we're not sure. Uh, maybe we realize that it means some sort of sexual immorality, but we're not sure of which variety. So if Rashi felt the need to explain it, he should have explained it here in Parshish Yisrael. He shouldn't have left the Pasuk blank in Parshish Yisrael and suddenly wake up near the end of the Torah in Parshish Veschanan and then tell us what tin of means. So it's really the same kashya, whether you have this in your text in Yisrael or not. 
if you have this in your text in Yisra, then the text, is, then the question is, why does Rashi have to explain it again in Vayishana? If you don't have this in your text in Yisra, which is what it seems, it seems that the Maral did not have this in his text in Parshish Yisra. So then the question is, why did Rashi wait all the way until Parshish Yisra, until Parshish Vayishanan, to explain to us what the word Leitin, what the words Leitinov mean? Um, for the rest of this year, all I'd like to do is present to you the ideas of the Maharal. His explanation of this, this Rashi here in Rashi Sveshanan, I think, in my humble opinion, it's, it's a master lesson in how to interpret a Rashi, both on the technical level and on a deeper content level. Um, I think going through this Maharal carefully can really teach us how to approach questions that we have on Rashi. Now, let's begin. Let's begin on the technical level. So again, the Maral phrases the question as follows. In Parshas Yisrael, Rashi did not explain what Leitinov means. Erase this. But so apparently uh, there was nothing to explain. In Parshas Veschanan, Rashi seemed to have felt there was something that needed to explain and he explained to us what Leitinov means. What's going on? So the Maral says that we have to look at the two Parshias side by side. And we will notice a very small but important difference. They look almost exactly the same. Let's go back one Pasuk. Uh, yeah, no, this Pasuk. These two psukim are almost exactly the same. Let's start with Yisroi. Leitirzach, leitenaf, leitignaiv, leisana v'reyecha eid shaker. Leitirzach, v'leitenaf, v'leitignaiv. All right, there is a vav here that is not in Parshas Yisroi. Leisana v'reyecha eid shav. Over there it said eid shaker. Over here it says eid shav. Probably not relevant to what we're discussing about Neof. But certainly the... Uh, is almost, almost identical to Now, let's go to the next Pasuk in Parshish Yisrael. You shall not covet, you shall not be jealous of your friend's house. You shall not covet your friend's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, not his ox, not his donkey, not anything that belongs to your, to your friend, to your neighbor. Okay, important Pusik. Let's take a look at how it is stated in Parshas Yisrael, in Parshas Ve'eschanan. Quite similar, but as we'll see in a moment, there are some small but important differences. You shall not covet the wife of your friend. So far, it's identical, except for the addition of the vav here. You shall not desire, different verb, instead of tachmoid, it's tisaveh. They mean roughly the same thing. We'll talk about more, more about that later. You shall not desire the house of your friend. 
Sadehu nor his field, his manservant, his his maidservant, his ox or his donkey. Now, the biggest difference that the Maral points out is this is this is something that we don't actually see <laughs> the way the Pasuk is is presented here by this Al HaTorah website, but it's in almost every Chumash that I've looked at. If you look at this Pasuk in Ve'eschanan, it says, and then in the Chumash you'll see a letter Samach. What does the letter Samach stand for? It stands for Parsha Stuma. It means there is a small but significant break in the Sefer Torah. There's a space of, I believe, is it... Um, now it's escaping me. I think it's a space of three letters, but there is a blank space in the Sefer Torah between Leisachmed Eishes Reicha and Veloisis Aveh Beis Reicha. And Sadeo Ba'abdeh Ba'amasa Shara I put it in two different colors. It's almost like this is one Pasuk and this is another Pasuk, although it's all numbered as Pasuk Yitzayin, but these are like two different statements. There's a break in between them. In Parshas Yisroi, there is no break in between them. The and the Abde are right next to each other. There is no break. Now, that's uh, that's a difference. But uh, to paraphrase the poet Robert Frost, Frost, not much to build on there. Doesn't seem like much. However, the Maral is very sensitive to this difference. And he says as follows. If we look at the Pasuk in Parshas Yisrael, it says, You shall not covet, covet your friend's wife. And immediately, without any break, it says also, don't covet his 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 slaves, his male slave or his female slave. Now, the Maral explains that when it says you should not covet, it doesn't mean you shouldn't uh, covet them to uh, to to be mezana with them, to commit immorality with them. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you should not covet them to take them for yourself, either by outright theft, or uh, perhaps you will somehow convince your neighbor to sell you his slaves at a loss when, when he doesn't really want to, doesn't really want to, uh, really doesn't want to sell them. So when it says, that has to mean, don't desire to take them away and make them your own. Now, since is right next to that, and without any break, so the Maral says that also means similarly. It doesn't mean when you see a nice looking woman across the street, she's your neighbor's wife. It doesn't mean don't desire to go to bed with her. Don't desire to, to, um, to do an act of adultery with her. No, that's not what it means. It means don't desire to somehow take her away from your friend and marry her legally. Don't uh, uh, badmouth her to your friend to the point that he divorces her and then, <laughs> here I am, I'll marry you. That's what it's saying. 
Now, says the Maharal, that if this is so, so now when we go back and we take a look at the previous Pasuk, and it says Leitinov, what is that talking about? Well, Leitinov does mean, apparently the assumption is, is Leitinov, Min Hastam, without any further clarification, does mean Eishas Ish. So what's the difference between Leitinov and Leisach Moid, Eishas Riecha? So the Maral explains. Leitinov is saying, don't actually commit an act of adultery with your friend's wife. Don't just grab her and do adultery. And now Pusik, the next Pusik, is taking it a step further. You're not even allowed to desire to somehow take her away from the husband and to marry her legally. That's like an extra humrah. The first step is you're not allowed to, to do the Avera of Eishasish with her. You're not allowed to do adultery with her. And then the next step is, not only that, even to desire her and to figure out some subterfuge by which he will divorce her, or maybe you can figure out some way that he could die without actually killing him. So, uh, and then you could take the wife uh, for yourself legally. That's also forbidden. One should not have such desires. So we can understand that it's quite easy to understand that Leitinov means Aishas Ish, but it's talking about the prohibition of doing actual adultery with an Aishas Ish. And Leisachmoid is talking, obviously, about an Aishas Ish. It says Aishas Riecha, but it's forbidding a different act or a different thought about an Aishas Ish. However, says the Maharal, when we come to Pashas for Eschanan, that's not so obvious. Why? Because Leisachmoid Aishas Riecha, you shall not desire your friend's wife, is separated by blank space in the Sefer Torah from do not desire your friend's house or his Evid or Amma. So therefore explains the Maharal that one might have thought doesn't, doesn't mean this idea of don't think about uh, pulling off some kind of subterfuge and ending up marrying her, Beheter. It means don't think about doing znus with her. Don't think about committing adultery with her. Now, says the Maral, if Leisach made Eishis Re'echa means I shouldn't think about doing adultery with my friend's wife, so then what does Leitinov mean? If the Torah is telling me, don't even, don't even think about doing znus with her, don't even think about doing adultery with me, with her, then why would the Torah also say, and don't do adultery? That's understood. So the Maharal says, one might have thought that Leitinov is not only talking about an Eishasish. Leitinov, you might have thought, is talking about Shararayas, other forbidden women. Don't, uh, don't do immorality with your sister. Don't, uh, don't do immorality with uh, your wife's sister. Don't do immorality with your, with your husband, with your brother's wife, even if your brother's not around anymore. That would be the difference between the two psukim. Leitinov is more general, more koilel. It includes more different, more different prohibitions. It, it forbids a whole variety of women. 
Whereas Leisachma in Eishes Re'echa is saying that when it comes to an Eishes Ish, you shouldn't even think about it. You shouldn't even allow the Taba to grow in your heart to have it to do adultery with a married woman. Therefore, says the Maral, since we have Ahavamina, we have good reason to think that here, Dafka in Parshas Ve'eschanan, the words Leitinov are referring to more than just Eishasish. Rashi here had to come and clarify. He had to say, in Lashon Niuf Ela Ve'eshasish. No, no, no. Rashi says, don't, don't think what we just went through. Niuf only means Eishasish. That's what the word means. Now, how do we now how do we put together the two psukim? Loitinov means do not actually commit adultery with an Aishis Ish. And Loisachmoid Aishis Reyecha means doesn't mean don't desire to do adultery with an Aishis Ish. It means don't desire to take away an Aishis Ish from her husband and to marry her legitimately. But the point is that based on this small difference between the two psukim, that here leisachmaid, uh, uh, that here leisachmaid, is all in one phrase, there was no need for Rashi to explain what it means, leitinov. It was understood that it was specifically forbidding only ish. Here in Parshas Ve'eschanan, where there is this break in the text, in between leisachmaid, ish and here one might have thought that Leitinov is referring to other Arayas. Rashi came to set the record straight. Rashi came to make sure you don't make that mistake. He tells you Leitinov means do not commit adultery with an Aishas Ish specifically. Leisachmite Aishas Riecha means don't consider various means of subterfuge by which you could end up legitimately marrying your friend's wife. All of this is on the technical level. The Morales is explaining why Rashi made a comment in one place rather than another. But he goes much further. The Maral continues. And he says that there is an essential difference between Parshas Yisrael and Parshas Ve'eschanan, which explains why Isha ve'eved are included in one pasuk in Parshas Yisroi, and why they are not included in the same phrase, why they are separated in Parshas ve'eschanan. And the Maral explains as follows. He says, there are two types of chemda, two types of loisachmoid, there are two types of coveting. There is a type of chemda, where a person is chaynaid, mashahu chaser. A person desires what he is lacking. There are certain things in life that are, that are needs. They are not uh, excessive uh, desires. They are normal needs of a human being. For example, a person needs a house to live in. A person, a man, needs a wife. Yes, you could live without a wife, but it is a need. It is part of being a complete person, is you need to have a wife. That's one kind of chemda. That's one kind of desire. There's another kind of chemda, another kind of desire, which the Maral calls chaymed mipnei yitzroi. A person desires certain things 
because of his yetzer, because of his yetzara, because of his evil explanation, his evil inclination, because of his taba. He calls it also letosephis yetzer. A person has an excess of desire. He's not desiring things because they are necessary. He's desiring all kinds of luxuries and all kinds of excessive desires. Now, they may focus on the same things. Sometimes a person has a, I'll call it a chemdas tava for a, for a woman. Might be married already. Might be married to three women already, according to the law of the time. He wants more. He wants more and he wants more. You don't need that. You have a wife. That fulfills your need as a human being, as a male human being, to have a wife. Why do you have to have another one and another one and another one? And why do you have to do a virus with, with, with women that you're not even allowed to marry? That's chemdas hayetzer, chemdas hatava. A person uh, might desire to have uh, an evid. Now, a normal, uh, more uh, balanced moral person also, he needs servants. You're not going to die without servants. But especially in the ancient world, you didn't have washing machines and vacuum cleaners and, uh, and so on. There was a lot of work to do. A lot of household work and a lot of work that needed to be do to do to do in the field. If you owned fields, you needed servants. That's a need. A person might be homemade abdoiva amasoi of his friend uh, because he needs more of them and more 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 of more amos. However, there's another kind of person. There's another kind of taiva that a person just wants to be a big shot. He wants to have a thousand slaves on his plantation. Doesn't need them. He wants to have uh, not only field hands, but he wants to have uh, uh, butlers and, uh, and um, doormen and uh, coachmen. And uh, I forget, there's another kind of servant the, uh, the British used to have, the British nobility. Um, footmen, I'm not even sure what a footman does. And val valets, and that's taba. That's not necessary. The morale explains that this, this, that this point explains some of the differences between Parshas Yisroi and Parshas Veschanan. He says in Parshas Yisroi, the Torah is talking about a chemda l'mashu chaser, for something that the person is missing. He wants to be mimaleh esachisaroid. He has a certain lack, he has a certain need, certain necessities. Again, not that he's going to die without, but there are certain necessities. He wants to fulfill those necessities. And therefore, explains the Maral. That's why, for example, in Parshas Yisroi, it mentions first the bias, do not covet someone else's house. And then it says, do not covet someone else's wife. Because you need a house before you have a wife. The Gemara in Mesech the Saita says that if you're wise, and I think most of us nowadays are not so wise, situations may have changed, but the Gemara says, if you want to be wise, first you should build yourself a house. And then you should go get yourself a wife. What's the point of getting a wife and you have no house to put her in? When we're talking about needs, we're talking about what a person needs. So yes, it makes sense that the first thing the Torah has to say is, yes, you need a house, but don't covet someone else's house. Don't try to get it, don't try to get a hold of someone else's house if he doesn't want to give it to you or sell it to you. And then it says, and don't try to get someone else's wife. Yes, you need a wife after you have a house. It's time to get a wife. But 
you get a wife in the in a permitted fashion, not by trying to take away someone else's. That's in Parshas Yisrael. Let's continue, and we'll talk first all about Parshas Yisrael. Also, the morale notes that in Parshas Yisrael it does not mention Sodeh. In Vaeschanan it mentions Leisisaveh Sodehu. Don't desire your friend's field. In Parshas Yisrael it doesn't mention field. The morale explains that when we're talking about what a person needs, the field itself does not fulfill your lack. What you're lacking in life is not a field. What you're lacking is food. Yes, you need food, and the field produces food. You need a certain amount of cash. The field can produce cash. Yes, but it's not a field per se that you need. So since in Parshish Yisrael, we are talking about what a person needs to fulfill his to fulfill his needs, his normal necessities, it doesn't mention field. Next, the morale explains that like Sachmoid, here in Parshish Yisrael, the word Sachmoid, do not covet, is used for all of the different kinds of things that are mentioned here. It uses one verb, it just uses it two times. Do not be chomeid, your friend's house. Do not be chomeid, your friend's wife, his slave, his, 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 uh, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey. It's all, in terms of fulfilling one's needs, it's all the same act or the same desire. Just different needs, but it's all basically the same. We'll see how this is different soon in Parshas Ve'eschanan. Now, here comes the Maral to explain our Parsha, Parshas Ve'eschanan. Parshas Ve'eschanan, says the Maral, is talking about Chemdas Tava. He's talking about a person who is coveting things, not because he needs them, not because these are the necessities or the normalities of a decent life, but he is desiring things and coveting things just because he wants more and more, because he has a big gay Sahara. So the Maral says, that's why you see that in Parshas Ve'eschanan, which comes first, the woman or the house? And you see, it's the woman. And then, because when we're talking about a Baltaiva, the Taiva for a woman is bigger than the Taiva for a house. Secondly, the Maral says, we can understand now why in Parshas Ve'eschanan, it mentions the Sada. In Parshas Yisrael, it didn't mention the field, because the Maral said that it's as far as fulfilling one's needs, it's not the field itself that fulfills your needs. But he says, here in Parshas Ve'eschanan, we're talking about chemdas atava, we're talking about excessive desires. So he said, that he says, Yitzroi ta'ev l'choma asher yisabeh. A person's Yisahara can have a tava for all kinds of things, whatever it is. If it's of any value, if it provides any pleasure, he wants it. Now, the morale further explains that you see here in Parshas Ve'eschanan, the Torah uses two different verbs. It uses the verb lachmod regarding the Isha, but it uses the word loisesaveh regarding the house and the field and the, the slave and the maidservant and the ox and the donkey. The morale explains there are different kinds when we're talking about desire, excessive desires, there are different kinds. Here it splits. 
the desire that a person has, that a man has for a woman, and even if it's illegitimate, even if it's uh, a woman that he's not supposed to uh, be involved with, that's one kind of taba. The Amaral says he wants a woman who is balaschein, who is charming, nechmedes lemare, she is uh, desirable in her appearance. That is expressed in Lashon Kodesh with, with the word lachmoid. When it comes to a house and a field and, a, and an evid and an ama, it's a different kind of taiva. He's not necessarily looking for the most beautiful and charming. The field is it's not so beautiful. The ox and the donkey certainly are not beautiful. It's a different sort of taiva. He says it's min ha-nefesh It's from the, there is a part of our nefesh that desires certain things, but it's not a matter of beauty and pleasure. That's a different sort of desire. So here the Maral says the Torah uses one verb for Ashes Riecha and a different verb for the bias, the Sada, the Ebed, the Hamad, the Shor, and the Chamor. And finally, the Maral explains that we can understand now why Ashes Riecha, the Isha, is separated from the Avde Ba'amasa and all of the others with this blank space in the Sefer Torah. Because, as we just explained, it's two different kinds, two different kinds of taiva. Perhaps what he means is um, the, 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 the taiva, but it's different, as we just explained. And therefore, that's why there is this blank space in the Torah. So the morale has explained here the significance of this blank space in the Torah, of this break between Isha and Ebed Vahama. He, has explained, he explains it first on the technical level. In other words, he explains how Rashi used that to lead him towards, to guide him towards what he needed to say here in Parshish Veschanan, where he needed to explain what Lotinov means, and how the lack of such an empty space in Parshish Yisrael led him to the conclusion that it's not necessary to explain what Leitinov means. That's the first part of the morale. And the second part of the morale is what I would call on the content level. He's saying, now, so what? Okay, that's what led Rashi to his conclusions. But what? why really did a Kodesh Baruch put this blank over here? Rashi, in the beginning of Parshish Vayikra, says that these blank spaces in the Sefer Torah, these Parshish Stumais and the Parshish Psuchais, which are even larger, longer blank spaces, they are part of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu dictated the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu, there were certain places where he gave him a break. He gave him sometimes a five-minute coffee break to think, think things over, and sometimes he gave him a ten-minute coffee break to think, to think things over. They're there. It's part of, it's part of the Nevoah. It's, it's part of the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu received on Harsinai. So here, the second explanation that the Maral is giving, he is, he's saying, now, so what? So why? Why is there this break in the text here? And he has explained that it's because of the, 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 the special sort of Tava, the uh, special sort of Chemda that we are discussing here in Parshish Ve'eschanan, as opposed to in Parshish Yisrael, where it was talking about a different kind of Chemda.